people be delivered from the spirit of rejection. This is one of those things that, uh, you know, that's one of those things where they say the gift that keeps on giving, but it's not really a good gift. Okay. So we don't want that. And I, uh, y'all excuse me. I believe I'm having a situation with allergies and it started happening on my way back home, coming down the highway. So tonight we're going to finish up um, on the spirit of rejection. We're going to try to finish up on the spirit of rejection. And uh, I have several things that I want to go over. I want to give us a quick review for those of you who did not join us on last week. Um, we had a powerful, powerful teaching um, on last Tuesday. And again, I want to be able to continue this and make sure that we give a good balance. Listen, listen, listen. Quick announcement, quick commercial before we get into the word. Those of you who do not have a copy of Girl Get a Grip, a woman's uh, this is the uh, a woman's guide to moguling and business and thriving in ministry. This is for those of you who are womanpreneurs. Uh, you know, you want to start your business, or maybe you have your own business already, and you need some coaching for your business. You want to be able to thrive in your business. You want to be able to thrive in ministry. I I want you to know we are having a flash sale. Somebody say flash sale for the rest of the month of. October, which is only, you know, a few days left in the month of October. So we're doing a flash sale. This book is $25, but this flash sale, you can get the book, go to our website and you can order the book for the flash sale for $15. Let me tell you real quick what's in here. So first you have a business section um, in here, business coaching, as well as ministry coaching. The second section is for ministry. You also have behind each section, you have a workbook that is included in here. So if you are a businesswoman, you need some coaching. This is fresh, right? Hot off the presses. Uh, October 2nd was the release date. So if you don't have a copy of this, I want you to get this in your hand. It's a flash sale. Go to our website and you can order on our website and listen to me. This is like really seriously having a coach in your pocket because guess what? You don't just get to read my words. You get to hear my voice talking to you. This right here is the CD that comes along with it. It's a, it's a little bit over an hour. It's about a good hour and a half of ma um, um, what do you call relationship coaching. I want to say the title. That's why I am going through all of this here. But this is in the back. The CD that accompanies this is Mastering Your Relationships. How many of y'all have had relationship issues? Whether it's with your best friend, your ex-friend, your, your, your new friend. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has had some kind of challenge with relationships. And so I I give you great pointers and coaching uh, activities to be able to help you master your relationships. Everybody has had some kind of issue, whether it's family, especially with family. We always have family issues, especially, listen, the holidays are coming and you want to be ready, you know, to deal with your family. Some of you may have difficult family members, so this is going to be a blessing to you. So a woman's guide to mogling and business and thriving in ministry. You need to go to the e-store, www.sodanmedia.com. Dot com s o d a a n m e d i a dot com okay and click on um in the e store um you want to look for this picture here the book it, you you will see it the regular price is actually on sale now for twenty dollars but the flash sale it is fifteen dollars for the rest of the month how do I get it for fifteen dollars Apostle Fran go to the website and input the sale um code. I'm giving you the sale code. Maybe some of you didn't see the video on my page. There is a sales code there and it is capital S A L 
E. No, it's not. Sorry, my apology is Flash. My apology. Capital F L A S H and the number 10. Flash 10. Why? Because this is the 10th month. So this is a flash sale for the month of October. The brand new book. Girl, get a grip. This is the business and ministry coaching edition. Get this in your hands. $15. You can't beat that with a baseball bat, honey. You just can't. Okay. You have business coaching in the front, a workbook. Okay. Ministry coaching uh, in the back. And then also a workbook for your ministry coaching section as well. And this is just going to bless you. It's going to bless you. And then also an hour and a half CD that is giving you encouragement, instruction, um, and coaching for your relationships. Mastering your relationship CD in the back. Get that. Go to the website and be blessed. All right. And those of you who don't have the Girl Get a Grip uh, series, the, the handbook and the workbook, you can go to the website and get that as well. All right. Commercial ended. Let's get into the word. We thank God tonight for the word of God. Thank God. I'm seeing some of my sons and daughters coming on here and some of my friends and family and all that good stuff. So I'm excited tonight because I really do want to be able to finish up and really share this word with you all. I'm trying to get on Facebook on my computer um, so that I can keep up because I can't see any of the comments that are being posted. If there are any comments, I don't see any yet. So uh, I want to make sure that I keep up. But however, I want to briefly give us a recap of what we talked about on last week. I told you that there are seven fruit that accompany the spirit of rejection. Okay. And we want to go back and review those. And I just want to just say a, a, a brief prayer real quick as we begin to get started. Y'all ready for the word? Get your pen, get your paper, get you a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, get comfortable and let's get ready to study the word of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father in Jesus name. We thank you God for all those that are accompanying, those that are watching, those that are listening by way of Spreaker and iHeartRadio, those that are on Facebook. Father, we pray right now in Jesus name that you would bless this teaching, that you would have your way, that you would move in our midst tonight, that you would give us ears to hear, that you would heal, deliver, and set free tonight. Lord, that you would send those who need to hear this word. Let them see this in their timeline. Let them stop and listen to the word of God, that shackles be destroyed, that mindsets would be renewed and changed in the name of Jesus. Let healing take place tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you. We honor you for your glory. And it is so and so it is. Amen and amen. All right. So we are going to um, finish this up and we're going to talk about this tonight. Excuse me. I'm sorry. My mouth is a little dry. All right. Y'all know that y'all be doing that too. So I just have to, you know, it's just a little dry. All right. So I want to review. I want to review real quick um, the seven fruit that I told you about. We didn't get through all of them. We only got through last week. We got through three. That is that is how much we have to cover. There is so much that we need to, to be able to address with this that it's going to take us a, a minute to unpack this. Okay, so let's be patient. And like I said, you got a minute, take your phone with you or your iPad, however you're watching or listening um, and, and get you some tea, get some coffee or something and get comfortable, get a pen and paper. All right. And I want you to be ready to receive this word tonight so that you can get free. I know how many of you are tired of the same old, same old, tired of the same old merry-go-round, tired of the same old cycles, tired of the same old, you know, 
feelings and emotions that control you and, and, and that have, you know, have you in these cycles of dysfunction and foolishness. Amen. And so if that is you tonight, I am telling you, if you receive the word of the Lord tonight, you are going to be blessed. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be strengthened. You're going to get free. And I believe that each one of us have dealt with the spirit of rejection on some level. All right. But we just not, we have not been able to identify the things that we are facing. What do I call this that I'm feeling? What is this that I'm experiencing? This is, you know, it's driving me crazy. I mean, it's jacking up all my relationships and, you know, I don't understand what it is that I'm experiencing. So tonight we want to be able to unpack this and, and, and be able to give you some more insight and understanding about what it is that you are dealing with or have dealt with so that you can truly have victory over the spirit of rejection. So the fruit that we dealt with on last week, we dealt with the spirit of selfishness. We dealt with selfishness. We identified selfishness. We were talking about uh, the different ways that, that selfishness manifests itself. And the things that, um, you know, that you experience as a result of selfishness, okay? And then we also talked about the spirit of control. How many of y'all control freaks? You got to control everything. Got to have your hand in everything. You can't do anything. You can't let somebody else be in charge. You can't follow the leader because you got to be in control. And so because you got to be in control, you know what I'm saying? You want to run your children. You want to run your husband. You want to run your job. You want to run everything. You know what I'm saying? And so because of this, this spirit, you know what I'm saying? It causes us to lose out in our relationships. Okay. So that's why you definitely, definitely need to get that coaching CD or master in your relationships. But we'll talk about that again later. All right. So, um, then we talked about how intimidation is connected to the spirit of control. And I know all of us have experiences at some point, pardon me. Some of us, uh, we all have experiences at some point where people try to intimidate you, whether it's in the workplace, whether it is at home with your family, whether it is, you know, um, with different, you know, scenarios growing up in school, dealing with people who, you know, wanted to be able to be in control. And when they could not be in control, they use intimidation tactics to try to, you know, impart fear to make you bow down to them so that, you know what I'm saying? You know, you have to answer to them. And then we, we ended on the spirit of anger. We were talking about excuse me, the spirit of anger and how anger uh, is, is one of the fruits of the spirit of rejection. Now, tonight, I want us to be able to deal with uh, paranoia and the fear of failure, okay, which those two are connected. And then I also want to deal with jealousy, self-pity, and the spirit of lust. All of these are connected to the spirit of rejection, okay? These last four, again, are paranoia and the fear of failure, jealousy, self-pity, and the spirit of lust, okay? Now, when we get through with this, you know what I'm saying? This is going to give you some insight. Now, I want to just recap on that anger. We were talking about anger and how anger was uh, or is the result of rejection, you know what I'm saying? Um, this is when, and, and, and I can give you a perfect case in point. Right now, we have one of the newscasters who has gotten fired from Fox News Radio, and he is mad at God 
because he feels like he has said publicly that he is mad at God because he felt like he would have had more protection. Even though he was wrong and it was his sin that got him busted, he is mad at God that he got caught, okay, and that he's had to pay the price for the sin that he has committed. So how does anger uh how is anger connected to rejection? Because anger manifests in a way that we will begin to say that God shortchanged us. God didn't do us right. We were, we were treated unfairly. God didn't do, you know, God didn't look out for me. I was expecting God to look out for me and he didn't do that. And so this is how the spirit of Anger is connected to rejection. We take whatever correction that has come our way as God has rejected me. And so now I'm mad at God. And so because God has shortchanged me or because somebody else may be doing better in their business or better in their ministry or better in their marriage or their family just looks like they're so happy. And I'm just going through all these struggles and, you know, all of these things like this. These are things that people will get angry about. And this anger is a manifestation of rejection. And you start looking at, you know, things as if you have been dealt a bad hand, okay? Now, how many of us have ever felt like that? You know, um, it's true. We have all felt like that at some point. But the difference is you have to be able to address it. You have to be able to look at that thing and you have to be able to say, listen, I am not going to let this spirit of anger rule me. Okay. And then what happens is when this anger begins to surface with it, comes panic attacks with it comes you know what i'm saying outbursts of anger depression anxiety all kinds of things because you cannot control your circumstances and so these are things that we have to be able to look at ourselves and we were looking at first samuel and we were looking um and paralleling the lives of of david and and um saul and looking how that how David was brought up in a home where he was rejected, but he behaved most of the time like he was a secure individual. However, Saul being brought up in a home where he was celebrated, where, where you know, he knew who he was and he followed the footsteps of his father, you know, and yet he was insecure because he was dealing with rejection. And so it really does not matter. We use that parallel to, to show that it doesn't matter where you come from. You can have both mom and dad in the house and still experience rejection. You can, you can, you can have, you know, family members who love you and, and somehow something gets in there. You experience some kind of trauma, you experience some kind of hurt or whatever. And, and these things will cause you to, you know, to end up feeling rejected and then these behaviors begin to manifest. So moving on from anger, okay, we want to start looking at paranoia and the fear of failure. Now, let me address this very quickly. And, and I say this with as much love, but very firmly, okay, we have many leaders who are in position and not just leaders. Some people are in leadership on your job. You could be in leadership on your job, not just in the church. You know, you are a husband, a wife, a mother, a father. You know what I'm saying? A sister, a brother. We got to deal with paranoia, okay? And I'm not talking about being a paranoid schizophrenic. That's a whole different diagnosis, okay? I'm talking about paranoia that makes you feel like somebody is always out to get you. 
that everybody is your enemy, that you cannot trust anybody. Now, I want to say this. You know, some of these leaders that's out here, that all of your posts are always about witches. There's always a witch after you. You're always rebuking the spirit of witchcraft. Listen, you haven't even tapped in far enough for a witch to reach you. So stop it. Just, just stop it. Okay. And, and so we got to be honest and stop being so paranoid about all of this demonic activity when most of our warfare is not with any demonic entity from the outside. The warfare is from the, the spirits of, um, of bondage and issues that we are dealing with inside. Can somebody just type amen, please? Can you just type amen? Can you just, just say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you for the hearts. I appreciate that. And so this is what happens to us because we want to make it look like all of our issues are coming from some kind of external, um, um, you know, uh, uh, thing, you know, a situation or entity when in reality, the issues that you are dealing with are coming from within. It's not the devil, boo. It's your upbringing. It's, it's not, it's not, you know, a witch coming after you, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you had a hard life and you, you didn't deal with the issues of rejection. And because you didn't deal with those issues of rejection, you're paranoid and you think everybody is after you. You think you can't trust anybody. You think everybody wants your husband. You think everybody want, want, want you. Hello. You think everybody wants to be like you or act like you or whatever. You can't have decent conversations or relationships with people because you are paranoid. So let's deal with that. Okay. Um, and, and I want to just address really quickly when you have this deep seated rejection that is in you, it causes other people to repel you, you know, you ever get around folks, you're just like, oh my God, oh my God, it's just a pain in the neck. I don't want to be bothered. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that's because the spirit of rejection on them is so strong and they begin to manifest these fruit that are, that are, are, are deadly. These fruit, they begin to manifest these fruit of rejection. And because of that, nobody wants to be around them. How do they behave? They are selfish. They are angry, okay? They are control freaks or they try to intimidate other people all the time. They're paranoid. They're jealous. You know, they can't rejoice with anybody and we're going to get hit into some stuff. And here's the thing. When you find yourself, you need to deal with this. Stop saying God's going to do it. God's going to deliver me. Listen to me. There are some things that you have to do. There's some things that you're going to have to work on yourself and, and, and give up. Let go of bitterness. Let go of who hurt you. Let go of who rejected you. Let go of who's not your friend anymore and who walked away from you. You're going to have to let that stuff go. There are some things that you just have to accept is a part of life. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you have to, you know, wear those badges and wear those stripes and wear those bruises. And thank God that he brought you through it. However, you don't have to die there. Can I say that again? Can somebody type that in there? I don't have to die here. You do not have to die in that. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to remain bound. You don't have to stay paranoid and selfish and controlling and intimidating and jealous. You know what I'm saying? And being, you know, walking in self-pity and operating in lust. You don't have to do that. So let's unpack that. Okay. So, you know. 
I know for some of us, we might look at the story when we were talking about David and Saul, you know, that God, well, why didn't you just start with Saul? I mean, start with David in the first place. Why did you even waste time? I'm sure Saul asked that same question. You know, God, why you waste my time? If you didn't want me, you know, why did you even bother me? Why did you even, you know what I'm saying? You know, bring me in on this. You could have just left me out of it. So let's look real quick. I want us to look at 1 Samuel. Can you get 1 Samuel? Write it down if you don't have your Bible with you. 1 Samuel uh, chapter 18. Okay. Let's look at this. 1 Samuel chapter 18. I'm going to read this to you. I think I need to get this in the New American Standard. Okay. Let me just look at it in, in the ESV. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18. Okay. Make sure I'm in the right. Yes. First Samuel. Let's look at this real quick. You know, I'm using my device. So uh, I'll try to stay, keep, keep up. All right. First Samuel chapter 18 and verse 29. And let's see what the scripture says. Okay. Uh, okay. So here's the word of God. It says, Saul was even more afraid of David. So Saul was David's enemy continually let me read that again Saul and it doesn't even make sense for him to be afraid Saul was more afraid of David so they so Saul was David's enemy continually so what you see from reading this verse okay is because Saul was in this bondage of rejection all he saw, everything that he experienced, everything that he felt, everything that he saw through his eyes was through the filter of rejection. Because now here he is rejected as king. Okay. The people were celebrating David. Okay. But David is yet being blessed by God. Everything that David is doing is being blessed by the hand of God. God has rejected Saul. And because of this, Saul hated David and he was afraid of him. Why was he afraid of him? You may have people who become an enemy to you and you have never done a thing to them. Now I'm not talking about this other stuff that's fake stuff. I'm talking about for real, for real. Okay. And so everything that he saw through that filter of rejection, he saw it through envy. He saw it through suspicion. Okay. He became jealous and he didn't trust anybody. And so because he did not trust anybody, you know what I'm saying? He wanted to stay on the offense instead of being on the defense. What do you mean? People who are walking in the spirit of rejection don't wait for people to come and do anything to hurt them. They sabotage themselves. We talked we talked about the spirit of sabotage. Oh, I'm going to get you before you get me. I'm going to leave you before you leave me. I'm going to cut you off before you cut me off. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 going to I'm going to delete you before you delete me. You know what I'm saying? Just silly stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, have we all acted like that before? Be honest. Come on. Be honest. Have you ever experienced something that you didn't even know why you was mad at somebody? You didn't even know why you disliked them. You, they didn't do anything to you, but it just seemed like God was blessing them. But for whatever reason, it didn't seem like God was blessing you like he's blessing them. So you begin to despise them. And then you begin to hate them. 
And because you hate them, you fear them. And that fear does not mean that you was afraid of them. Oh, you're afraid. But you fear them in the sense that, you know, you don't trust them. Come on here, somebody. It makes you distrusting of other people. Are you here, callers? Are you here? Have you left me? Are you still watching? Are you still listening? Okay. And so, you know, we put up these walls and then we try to avoid feelings of paranoia. Okay. This is why Saul, this evil spirit that got on Saul, he was constantly in fear of his life. He was paranoid. He was so bound by the spirit of rejection that he didn't feel safe in his own castle. He didn't feel safe surrounded by his own guards. These men were covering him, but he yet did not feel safe. Listen to me. Listen to me. That is the spirit of, of, of torment. This spirit that was tormenting him was the spirit of rejection because he felt that he was no good. Why did the people rejoice over David killing his 10,000s? And, and why did they compare the fact that David, that Saul only killed his thousands? Why did God accept David and did not accept Saul? Why did Saul walk in disobedience? And see, this is the thing, going back to the person that we were talking about earlier, the newscaster who is blaming God now and he's angry with God because he feels like God shortchanged him. You know, the people who are experiencing rejection don't face their own dilemma, which is you did something to bring, some of us did something to bring us here. Not everybody, but some, okay? And 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 so what happens is we're going to talk about how the spirit of rejection opens the door to sin. A lot of times because we are feeling rejected, we reach out to do sinful things, to try to fill that void for the rejection that we feel. Uh-huh. How many of you has that ever happened to? Let me give you case in point. Have you ever had a bad day? Have you ever felt like I'm just lonely? I'm alone. I don't have nobody to talk to. I don't have no friends. I got too many bills that's due. Or you suffered a loss. You, you got discouraged about something. And when you became discouraged, it opened the door for sin. Maybe you didn't go out and go to the bar. Maybe, you know what I'm saying, you didn't do something out in the open. But what do you do at home by yourself? I'll let you answer that question by yourself. Because rejection opens the door for sin. Okay. Rejection opens the door because what happens is we try to gratify our flesh with things because we're unhappy about whatever it is that's going on in our life. And so you have to be careful and guard your heart. You have to be mindful and guard your spirit. Be mindful of what is, what is it that you're thinking while you're going through tests and trial? What is it, the thoughts that are going through your mind while, you know what I'm saying, you're experiencing your, your trial or your difficulty that you're going through? Because those thoughts will turn into behaviors. Amen and amen, somebody. Okay, so... We'll put up these walls to try to make it seem like we haven't failed in an area. You know what I'm saying? And Saul did that. First Samuel 18, 29, which is what we just read. We start scheming. We start plotting. Okay. Against those that we perceive as our enemy. I'll leave that there. People that we perceive, not that really are our enemies, but it's paranoia. Okay, 
So paranoia makes you think that something is going on that's not going on. Okay. So let me give you a definition really quickly. Okay. It is an instinct or a thought. Okay. Or a thought process that is heavily influenced by anxiety or fear to the point of delusion and irrationality. You are pushed to irrational behavior, irrational thought processes, things that don't make sense. That if you said it out loud, you'd know how crazy it sounded. Come on. Has that ever happened to you? Okay. And, and, and sometimes when you go through difficult trials or you suffer trauma, people who have been abused, people who have been raped or molested, people who have had uh, family members who, or, or been in relationships where you should have been safe and you found out that you weren't safe. You know, those safe places or safe havens became the place where most of the damage was done to you. Then you begin to put up walls and you develop a paranoia because you don't know who you can trust. And, and it's irrational. It's irrational thought processes. It's irrational behavior that makes you feel like you cannot trust anybody, you know what I'm saying? And that everybody is out to get you. And that was what was happening with Saul. Saul thought everybody was out to get him. He did not trust anybody because the spirit of fear and rejection had overtaken him so bad that he began to act crazy. He was always trying to kill David. Why are you trying to kill David? You know, you, somebody who can help you, somebody who's not done anything to you. Okay. We, we're going to hit on some more of this stuff, but I just, I want to try to just break these things down. Okay. So let me tell you about paranoid thinking. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you some examples of paranoid thinking. And, and to those of you who are just joining us, welcome tonight to this broadcast on tonight. We are talking about getting the victory over the spirit of rejection and the ways that rejection manifests itself. Please do ask others to come and join you and share this video so that they can get free tonight in Jesus name. So let's talk about this paranoid thinking. Paranoid thinking includes persecutory or beliefs in conspiracy, conspiracy concerning a perceived threat towards yourself. So meaning you're thinking always that somebody's persecuting you. You always a victim, always a victim. You can never see what you did that contributed to whatever situation you're in. I'm not talking about people who are actually have been victims. I'm talking about in the case where we were talking about the news person, the news anchor that we was mentioning who was in the news talking about it's God. He don't understand, you know, and really on the verge of tears, like he's mad at God because God, he thought that God would protect him. But you sinned, bruh. You know what I'm saying? It's irrational to think that you're going to go and abuse people and be protected by God. That, that needs to be exposed. And so now it's this false sense of persecution. So now he's in the news, in the media, trying to make everybody think that he's being persecuted, that everybody's coming for him and it's unjust, that there's some kind of conspiracy against his life and against his, his, um, you know, his, his career, when in fact, you know, the things that are taking place in this particular instance is because of his ill behavior. So you have to watch your thinking. Do you always think that somebody's out to get you? Do you always feel like, you know, you just can't seem to, uh, uh, 
you know, you know, get anybody to be an encouragement to you? Um, is it always that, you know, you're always the victim, you know what I'm saying? Uh, do you have people that you can trust? You know what I'm saying? Is there anybody that you can trust? You know? And so this is what you have to be mindful of. This is what you have to make sure that you are not blaming someone else for where you are. Okay? Make sure of that. Make sure that you are being responsible for your, you know, for your behavior. Make sure that you are not trying to place blame on other people for what you have done. All right? So that's paranoia. And and, and so Saul was terribly paranoid. And again, this behavior um, shows up when we feel like, you know, especially if you try to strive for your business, to build your business, to, to build your ministry or, you know, to have a family or whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, if it doesn't look like it's prospering in the way that you desire, then, you know, you start beating yourself up and you start feeling like a failure. You start blaming yourself for why things did not pan out the way that they did and, you know, different things of that nature. So this paranoia and this fear of failure go hand in hand. All right. So Saul began to plot against David and he began to think that David was his enemy and he wanted to use his daughter as a weapon against David. And you'll see that in 1 Samuel 18 and verse 21. Okay. So, so Saul in his head, because he was so messed up. And I want you to look at 1 Samuel chapter 22. Let's look at this real quick. 1 Samuel 22 um, is so much in here. And I'm hoping I'm going to get through everything. 1 Samuel chapter 22. I'm going to read to you verse 8. Okay. Stick with me now. Now listen to this. This is paranoid behavior. And this sounds like some of these pastors who need to sit down for a little while because they're always thinking some of these prophets and some of these apostles who are always thinking that everybody is against them. I want you to see this. You're acting like Saul. This is the spirit of rejection. You reek of rejection and you need to sit down until you get healed because you're only going to hurt other people. You're going to maim those and make everybody around you feel like, you know, um, that there's some, some kind of conspiracy against you and it's not. So first Samuel chapter 22. All right. And I want to read verse eight. Now listen to this. Well, let's go back to verse seven and let's look at, let's look at what we were talking about, how they, how Saul responds to the people praising David. Now watch this. Verse seven says, and Saul said to his servants who stood with him, he said to his servants who stood with him here now, People of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards? Will he make you all commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? That all of you have conspired against me? No one discloses to me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. None of you is sorry for me or discloses to me that my son has stirred up my servant against me to lie in wait as at this day. Here is Saul. Listen, he's tripping. Does this sound like people that you know? You are, you're going to have a church meeting. Y'all ain't really for me. Cause if y'all was really for me, you would have told me that so-and-so-and-so was plotting against me. Y'all ain't really for me. 
You know, this is what he's saying. Y'all are supposed to be my servants. You talking about David and what David is going to do for you. Is David going to make you captain over hundreds and thousands? Is David going to give you feels? Is David going to do for you what I did for you? Making a comparison. Okay. And then he says, he says, none of y'all didn't tell me that he was conspiring against me. Nobody didn't tell me that he went behind my back to try to go get my son, to get my son to get in covenant with him. Y'all hid that from me. So now he's blaming everybody else. He's blaming everybody else for, you know, what's going on with him. So now he's a victim. Now he's saying, not only is there a conspiracy, but all of y'all conspired against me. Listen to me. You got to deal with this. If you do not address this, you're going to ruin your ministry. If you do not address this, you're going to ruin your children. You're going to ruin your job. You're not going to be able to keep a good job because you're going to think everybody on your job is against you. You're going to think that everybody in your church is against you. You're going to think everybody, you know what I'm saying, that, that you see, you're going to see people in the Walmart that you don't even know. Why are they looking at me like that? What's wrong with them? You ain't never seen nobody before. You, I mean, Paranoia. You got to deal with this spirit of paranoia. Okay. He said, all of y'all have conspired against me. Every last one of y'all. David, I mean, basically Saul was saying, I ain't got no friends. Ain't nobody in my corner. I know that's bad. That's, that's bad English. However, that's what he was saying. Okay. So he said that all of his staff was against him. He said, all of y'all have conspired against me. This is paranoia. Saul no longer trusted God and the good word that was spoken over him. He didn't even trust the word that God had spoken over him because fear came in. Okay. So if you are fearing and you are perceiving that you have enemies, then these enemies which are not real become real in your head they become real in your head then you can't get along with anybody amen are y'all there are y'all receiving this word i was trying to see these um comments i can't see anything but for, for for some reason amen but so this is why it's important it is important that what happens is and you got to pay attention to this what happens is what we don't address and we keep saying that this is what it is, I, you know, and you know, you paranoid about something. If you become paranoid in your behavior, what happens in the end is that in the end, it becomes a reality to you. Paranoia. And I'm going to tell you something. I know that this is hard to hear because people don't want to deal with this. We want to live in our fantasy land. We just want to walk around, but I'm anointed and, and, and shabba, ba, 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 ba. No, I need you to deal with this because if you don't, you're going to jack people up. There's just... Plain and simple. We don't need anybody to say anything fancy. You don't need me to use, you know what I'm saying, you know, no great swelling words. You need to deal with the fact that this rejection is ruining your life. You can't celebrate anybody. That's what's wrong with, that was what was wrong with Saul. He couldn't even clap for what David had done. He couldn't even be happy to have somebody that he could really trust. And this is what paranoia will do for you. This is what this Fear of failure will do for you that when God send you people that you can trust, you won't trust them. When he send you somebody who's really a friend, you won't let them be your friend. When he send you somebody that is a true leader, that truly loves you, that truly cares, that's not out to get you, you will sabotage yourself because you will think that that person is always against you because of the fear that you are harboring. 
And because you won't address that fear, you will push people away from you because you don't know how to receive. Okay? Y'all awful quiet tonight. Ain't nobody talking. Are you here? Okay, so here he is dealing with this and what he perceived became his reality. All right. And, and this is what you got to understand. This paranoia will make you attack people wrongfully. You will make an enemy out of somebody that God sent to be your friend. Can I say that again? Paranoia will make you cause somebody or make somebody an enemy that God made to be a friend to you. Somebody who God sent to be a friend. Somebody who God sent to be your left hand, your right hand. Somebody that God sent to be a help to you. And you will push them away and you will destroy them because you don't trust anybody. Because in your head, you're thinking they're after you. They want your husband. They want your position. They want your house. They want your car. They want, they want something from you. Yes. But it's probably the life that God has given you, the anointed. Let them have some of what God gave you. And you can't be a healthy leader and be paranoid. You can't be healthy on your job and be paranoid. You can't be healthy in your work, you know, and as a parent. Because you won't even trust your own children. You will fight against the success of your children. Callers, are you there? You will try to annihilate your own children. What is the proof? Here is Sam, here is Saul saying to his, his, his leadership team. Why y'all didn't tell me y'all all conspired against me and didn't tell me that my own son didn't have my back. Now I can understand if he was really going through something and it was, this is what is for real, but what he was experiencing was not the reality. And so this spirit of rejection made him paranoid even about his own son. He would not even trust his own son. So what do you think, you know what I'm saying, his behavior was toward his son? I'm sure you don't think that he was bringing his son close to him to try to keep him near him because he didn't feel like he could trust him because you, you're friends with David. And, and, and notice how the scripture says that we read. It says that Saul... That David, that Saul was an enemy to David. David wasn't thinking that Saul was his enemy, but Saul was saying to himself, this is my enemy. I can't trust him because he up to no good. When in fact, of all the people around him, David was the most trustworthy. David had opportunity to kill him and he didn't do it. Why? Because he still looked at that man as God's anointed. So you got to be able to discern who's really around you. And because of the spirit of rejection, you won't be able to really, be, you know, discern who is really for you and who's not for you. So you have to be able to look with spiritual eyes. Okay. It's going to put you on the defense. It's going to put you on the offense. You're going to go into attack mode before anybody can attack you. Because you're in your mind, you're going to say, uh-uh, I'm going to get them before they get me. And that was Saul's mentality. And you got to understand this, that this was just his perception. It wasn't real. It wasn't real. He was paranoid. How many people have you killed because of your paranoia? How many people have you pushed away from you? People who loved you. Because you was paranoid. 
Oh, mm-mm. I'm just, you know, I don't trust them. I know they're going to stab me in my back. Mm-mm. Everybody don't want to stab you in your back. Now, granted, there are times where the Lord will allow you to go through periods where you suffer betrayal and you suffer, you know, dealing with turncoats and, you know, dealing with people who are untrustworthy because he's building something in you, you know, and, and developing love and being able to love throughout all of that is, is, is something that we all have to learn how to do. However, everybody is not that way. Okay, so Saul was thinking of himself as rejected. So because he thought of himself as rejected, he had to protect himself. So he became overprotective. Can I just harp on that for a second? Can I harp on that just for one second? Rejection will make you overprotective because you don't trust you don't trust anyone. You don't trust those who are in your corner. You won't trust those uh, uh, that, 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 that God sent in your corner to really, really be there with you. Amen. You know, and so that's a big issue. Hey, Pastor Nia, I love you. I love all of y'all, but I just see my friend on here. So I just had to shout out to my, to my sister all the way from, from New Jersey. Amen. And so I want you to be mindful of this. This is so urgent that you don't lose sight of what's really going on, you know? And so as, as, as a wife, as a, as a husband for you men that are on here, as a father, as a mother, you know, it, as a sister, whatever your, your, your role is or whatever it is that you're doing in this life, you have to understand how rejection will cause you to be overbearing and overprotective. And, and what will happen is you will strangle the life out of those that are around you because you are overprotective. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I say that again? Because of rejection, it will make you overprotective and you will strangle the life out of those that are with you. You won't give them breathing room. You won't let them have a life. You won't allow them to, to, to grow and mature and become because you are overprotective. If I put my hand over my mouth, then I'm not going to be able to breathe properly. If I cover my mouth and my nose, I'm not going to be able to breathe properly because I'm going to suffocate myself. If I'm constantly worried about germs and I'm just, I don't want to breathe that in, I don't want to breathe that in, I will suffocate myself. Who are you suffocating because of your own fear and paranoia and the spirit of rejection? I'm going to let that marinate for a second. Okay? We haven't even moved off. We're still on number four. This number four. Number four in the fruit of rejection. This is, <coughs> excuse me, this is serious. Because we are killing relationships. We are killing our children. We are killing our spouses. Your husband can't even go to the store. Your wife can't even go, you know what I'm saying, to go get gas in the car. You know, you don't let your kids go outside and play. What's wrong with you? And I understand that things happen, but you got to let them breathe. Get over your fear. There's some things that you didn't learn until you got out there and learned it. Can I say that again? There's some things that you did not learn until you got out there and learned it. It's serious. Yes, it's hard to let go, but you have to learn how to let go. And so you have to look at that. 
You have to be able to deal with that. And so when you begin to see how rejection begins to manifest itself and the behaviors that it pulls up out of you, out of the realm of your soul, in your soul realm, you don't even realize that you're doing it. You're suffocating those that, that you love. You're killing those that you love. You begin to hate those that you are, you, you have birthed out of your own womb because of rejection. And I'm going to tell you something, and, and, and I want to say this because I experienced this and I had to really pray through. I had to really, really, really pray through. And, and, and so there's no way that, you know, I can talk about stuff like this and not, you know, be transparent and share with you, you know, some of the things that I experienced as it pertains to this, you know. And so um, talking about how Saul felt about his son and not trusting his son and not, you know, <coughs> excuse me, and hating his son. Um, I remember um, a period of time when my husband was not saved and my children were little and um, he had backslidden and just it, things were just so rough. And there was a lot of things that happened and we went through periods where he was just, you know, um, um, you know, engaging in infidelity. And, you know, he was in the military and it was just so much stuff going on. And um, I found myself stuck with these children and there were things that were going on. And I found I was pregnant with with my youngest child. And then I had two, you know, I had my other kids, you know, and they running around and, you know, just being kids. And so I found myself that the situation that I was experiencing with my husband, I had to be mindful not to reject my children because of it, you know, and I had to deal with the emotions of here. I am a believer and I wanted to abort the baby that I was carrying because I did not want to have no more of his children because of all the things that I was going through. So I began to reject the fruit in my own womb. Because of the spirit of rejection. Because I was experiencing trauma. So you got to watch. And remember I said to you earlier. You got to be mindful of the thoughts that are going through your mind. And go back and let's look at these fruit. Selfishness, control, intimidation, anger, paranoia, fear of failure. How is this manifesting in you because of trauma that you have experienced or, or difficulty that you're going through? How are you, you know, what is this behavior that's coming up out of you as a result of what you are experiencing? And so sometimes because you experience rejection, you will project that on those who you love, especially when you start talking about marriage, when you start talking about, you know, and for some of us, that has happened to us when our parents were carrying us or when we were growing up. You know, maybe you look just like your father or you sound just like your father, you know, or you sound like your mother or you look like your mother. And so it made that other parent, you know, reject you because they were having issues with their spouse. And so, you know, that prevents you from, from, from bonding with your children. It prevents you from covering them and loving on them. Do you see how, how David, I mean, how Saul separated himself? He included, you, his hate speech was toward his own son. The son of his, of his loins. That, that, you know, this was his seed. But he, his paranoia. His paranoia and the rejection that he was experiencing was so strong that he could not deal with. He couldn't even love his son. 
He, you know, and, and, and I can identify with that because I went through that with my children, you know, and I had to pray. I had to ask God to get those evil thoughts out of my mind. I had to ask God to deliver me from, you know, trying to kill a baby that I was carrying. Here I'm, I'm, I'm saved, love Jesus, but I'm, I'm, I'm going through so much trauma that I, I mean, my life is turned upside down. And because of that, you know, I began to try to push my own children away and didn't know how to, you know, you know, how do I get through this? How do I keep, you know, keep loving them and don't blame them. It's not their fault. Their father did what he did. It was sin, you know, and thank God we came through that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. And so you have to be mindful how rejection will manifest itself through you. Are y'all here tonight? Did I lose you? Amen. Hallelujah. Are y'all here? I hope I didn't lose you tonight. Amen. And so it's important that you, you know what I'm saying, deal with this. And so let's just talk about how suspicion comes up. Whenever, whenever you are experiencing this rejection, you know what I'm saying? Here comes suspicion and jealousy. And we need to talk about jealousy. Okay. Suspicion excuse me, and jealousy. So Saul became jealous of the victories that, that David, um, that he obtained, you know, he became jealous of him. And so you have to be mindful that those that are around you, that you don't stifle their success. Come on, don't on your job. Don't prevent people from getting a promotion because of jealousy in the church. Don't, don't try to keep somebody from being able to, to, to go and, and to, you know, to grow on into another position and, and to do some things for the Lord because of jealousy. Hello. But of course that's nobody, that's nobody that y'all know, right? It's nobody y'all know. Let me tell you what jealousy is. Jealousy is an emotion. It is a term that generally refers to the thoughts or feelings of insecurity, fear, concern, and envy over relative lack of possessions, status, or something of great personal value, particularly in reference to a comparator. So in other words, you look at somebody and you compare your life to them. And because of the way that you are, you are comparing your life to them and you don't feel that your life measures up. So you become envious of them. You begin to have feelings of insecurity. This is all how the spirit of rejection operates. I can't believe we only got through one tonight. Okay. And so you got to understand that when you don't deal with the spirit of jealousy, jealousy will turn friends into enemies. Have you ever had a friend that ended up being your enemy because of jealousy? You can't have good friendships. How do you compete against your friend? Why are you competing? Why are the saints competing against each other? When everybody brings their flavor, everybody has their own gift, every joint supplies, you know what I'm saying? Everybody has their own way of doing what they do and God uses them in the way that he uses them. So you got to be mindful that your paranoia does not lead to jealousy. And then you begin to compete against other people and you begin to try to stifle them because you don't want them to succeed. 
That is the spirit of rejection. And so because you feel rejected, you begin to reject them and prevent them from being successful. Don't you understand that those that are connected to you, especially if you are a leader, that their success is your success? Don't you know that your children's success is your success? How could you ever even compare what you're doing to what your children are doing? Two different things. You know, and, and now if you're dealing with situations that's going on, you got to rebuke that spirit. You know, you got to bind it up. And I think we've all probably have to have may have had to deal with different scenarios or whatever. But you got to be mindful of what's going on in you at all times. Not what's going on in them. What is going on in you at all times? Okay, people who have roots of rejection, they are hard to have close friends. It's hard for them to make friends. It's hard for them to keep friends. They don't like people because everybody is against them in their mind. In their mind. Okay, in their mind, they feel like. This person is going to be competition for them. In their mind, this person is going to try to outdo them. So they're not going to be able to have any friendships. They're going to end up competing with them. You know what I'm saying? Or, or you know, you, you, won't, you won't be able to share certain things because you are afraid that they're going to try to outdo you. Ridiculous. Listen to me. You do what you do and do it like only you can. And let them do what they do and do it like only they can. You don't have to compete with anybody. And so you got to deal with this root of rejection. I need to help you get through this. Okay, so um, when you look at the verse, when the people were, you know, talking about David killing his 10,000s, they were, you know, making that comparison and saying, oh, Saul is successful, but David is very successful, you know? And so that turned that just turned everything on its ear that made Saul look at David like an enemy because he felt rejected by the people who were serving him and so he you know made that comparison oh is David going to give to you these things that I've given to you is David going to do for you these things that I've done for you and so he begins to think that everybody around him has suspicious motives and listen first Samuel Chapter 18 and verse 9 says, Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on. Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on. I'm telling you, that is the spirit of rejection. I want to read to you a couple of things real quick. I have to stop right here. Uh, because I want to, remember I said to you last week that um, any of y'all, before I say it, any of y'all remember what is the evil twin of rejection can you type it in here let me see if you remember anybody who was here who was watching on last week uh what did i say what is what do we call the evil twin of rejection does anybody remember hallelujah i'm gonna give you a minute if you remember type it in if you can remember what did i say was the evil twin of rejection I'm having to just keep refreshing my screen because things are just going awry here. All right, let me see. Anybody? I don't see anything. I can't see any comments. So I don't know who said what. Okay. 
Did anybody type anything? What is the evil twin of rejection? I can't see it. So I'll go back and check the comments later. The evil twin of rejection is rebellion. Rebellion, okay? Rejection and rebellion go hand in hand, okay? And so um, when you see people who operate in rejection or are bound by rejection, often they become rebellious. They won't follow instructions. They, they always have an answer for why they do what they do, okay? How do I know? I'm going to show you how rebellion presents itself. And see, this, this is something that some of these pastors need to be looking at and listening to right about now. So pastors, if you're on here, you need to catch this right here. Because when you have people in your church and they're dealing with this spirit right here, I'm going to show you how this spirit manifests. And we're still talking about selfishness, um, control, intimidation, anger, paranoia, fear of failure, and jealousy. These are the first Five, and there are two more that we need to address that deal with the spirit of rejection. However, I want to uncover some of the manifestations of the evil twin of rejection, which is rebellion. So here are some of the spirits that are, that accompany, you know how you, you know, you, you, we talk about, you know, strong man, a strong man, you know, you deal with, you know, this spirit that is a stronghold, Well, that strong man has friends. He got cousins. He bring all his cousins with him. You know what I'm saying? He's not coming by himself. He's bringing company to come in and try to take his abode up in the realm of your soul. Okay? So, here. Stubbornness. This includes anti-submissiveness, unteachableness, and idolatry. Stubbornness is being stiff-necked and refusing to submit to a yoke. The characteristics of stubbornness, stubbornness include inability to receive ministry, unable to hear correction, always right, and such like. Stubbornness is also connected to drunkenness and gluttony. Deuteronomy 21 and verse 20. Stubbornness keeps you from being steadfast. You cannot stick to anything. These people who don't stick to anything, okay, because they are walking in rejection, which is akin to rebellion and then when rebellion manifests itself what do we see we see stubbornness and then that means that they cannot be steadfast in what they're doing they start and stop start and stop start and stop today we had a good week next week i'm not so sure we show up for church we started strong on the fast we got a seven day fast they might fast two days the rest of the, the rest of the days they're gonna fake the funk they ain't going through it they're not going to hold on to it. They're not going to continue to fast. They're not going to stick with it. Why? Because of the spirit of rejection, which is connected to rebellion. And these rebellious people are stubborn. You ever try to tell somebody to do something? They always got an answer for, well, because, because, because. Have you ever said it to your children? And you see things is going on with your children. Like, where did you get this from? The root is rejection. And because of their rejection, I'm going to put up these walls. I got to put up these defenses and I'm going to defend myself any way I can. The next thing is delusion. Now, see, we talk about that paranoid spirit, right? D delusion begins to come in. It includes self-deception, self-delusion, and self-seduction. People deceive themselves into believing that they are someone that they are not. You think you're ready to go do ministry just because God used you one time, but you ain't been delivered. Nah, boo, sit down. 
Okay. This is a false personality. Okay. All right. So what happens is and you, it, and really what this is, is grandiosity. This is people who walk around like I'm all that. I'm a bag of chips. You ain't know. You don't know who I am. You need to get like me. You know, attitudes like that. That's rebellion. That's rejection. Okay. That right there is a spirit of delusion. You are trying to convince yourself that you great when you don't really even feel like you great. You know what I'm saying? Always talking about how you ready to be about about it, but you ain't about nothing. Oops. Did I say that? I sure did. Because that is the reality. And so you got to be mindful of that. Give me, give me, um, give me seven more minutes and we're going to be finished. Seven minutes, seven, seven minutes. Okay. Then of course we talked about selfishness. Okay. And let me, let me just revisit selfishness. Selfishness is so bad that you feel like you are entitled to stuff. Do you even know how to say thank you? Do people, I'm telling you selfish to the point that you feel like people should do for you, but you make no sacrifices for anybody else. You feel like this is what I deserve. God should be blessing me. God should be working things out for me. God made a way for me, but do you sacrifice for anybody else? Can you sacrifice for anybody else? How do you feel about doing for other people? How do you feel about, you know what I'm saying? Putting your neck on the line. Do you say thank, thank you when people do good deeds for you? When, you know, when people work something out or they bless you or, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, um, you know, something happened to you and they came by and gave you an encouraging word. Did you say thank you for that? Did you, did you thank them for taking the time out for thinking about you? Or did you feel like it's about time somebody came and told me something? And you would think, well, people don't think like that. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Keep moving. The next thing, okay, we talked about control, okay, and being possessive, right, trying to dominate or exercise influence, okay. Um, they convince themselves that the world revolves around them, and if they're not in control, everything is going to fall apart. So I don't want to um, deal with that anymore because we already dealt with that. All right, bitterness. This is at the core of the spirit of rebellion. Bitterness unforgiveness somebody did something to you and you are holding on to it you can recount everything that they have done okay you can rehearse what you have heard and what somebody did to you but you have not let it go okay and you need to go and read Hebrews 12 and 15 when you get a chance and a person can, de can develop a root of bitterness from any hurt or the pain of rejection. Okay? The root of bitterness has spirits that are connected to it. Unforgiveness, rage, anger, violence, revenge, retaliation, and murder. The Hebrew word for bitterness is Mara. Remember what Naomi said? Don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. For God has made me bitter. You remember that? Okay, so Mara means to be or to cause to make bitter or to be unpleasant or to be rebellious, to rebel or resist or cause to provoke. It is bitter change. Every change that some people go through, they don't go through well. 
People become bitter because they can't do things the same way that they are accustomed to doing it. Some people are bitter because of the change that they have had to experience. Because they didn't want to change. Because they didn't want to, uh, uh, they didn't want God to, 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 you know, to rearrange things in their life. I like how I am. Don't bother me, God. Leave me alone. Okay. Um, all right. And so also connected to that is, you know, this word Mara also means to be disobedient, to disobey. Isn't that something? Bitterness is repressed anger. Ooh, bitterness is repressed anger and is connected to stubbornness. What is stubbornness? Refusal to forgive. Being stubborn. I ain't doing nothing. I don't care what they say. I ain't doing nothing. No, I don't feel like I don't have to. Huh? I wish they would. And, and sometimes we may not say that out loud, but that's what we're doing. We know that we feel like that. Cool as that. They ain't telling me what to do. I ain't doing nothing. Rejection makes you rebellious. Because, because somebody else hurt you. And because somebody else did something to you. So now everybody else has to pay for it. Now, now you don't want to hear from nobody. Now I'm just going to do what I want to do. Because when I try to do what everybody else wanted me to do. Then, huh, then they want to try to come for me. I'm not having it. You know how we do. We get, we get attitudinal about stuff. Okay, so that's that. The rejected person often has a hard time forgiving. Rejection hurts and creates offenses which require forgiveness. Unforgiveness can breed bitterness. Okay, all right. And, 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 and sometimes you might even have a problem trying to remember even why you've been mad all these years. You don't even know. You don't even know why you upset. You don't even know well, what I'm trying to remember. What did they do? What, what happened? You don't even know because you've been angry and bitter for so long, for so long. Okay. All right. And then finally strife strife includes contention and fighting and arguing and bickering and quarreling. Okay. And, and, and so, you know, these people, I call them Pigpen. Y'all ever watch Charlie Brown? Okay, Pigpen. When you watch Charlie Brown, there's a character on Charlie Brown called Pigpen. And everywhere Pigpen goes, this daggone cloud of dirt follows him. Everywhere. People who, are, who have deep-seated rejection and are rebellious are like Pigpen. They have a storm that follows them everywhere they go. Everywhere. Things are peaceful when they're not here, but as soon as they show up, oh my God, they stir the pot. Wasn't nobody having no misunderstandings until they got here. Wasn't nobody having any, you know, arguments, no fighting. Everybody was getting along, but as soon as this person showed up, all of a sudden, just, you know, storms, fighting, issues. What is that? That's that. I call it pig pen. That's pig pen that showed up. The storm that showed up because of these people who refuse to be delivered from the spirit of rejection. They are now operating in rebellion and they are full of strife, full of strife, 
full of argumentativeness. Can't get along with anybody. Okay? They are control freaks. They don't want to... They don't want to let go of the reins of anything. They are selfish. It's me, mine, and mine. It's about me. What's God going to do for me? You're not trying to be a blessing to nobody else, but you just want God to bless you. That is that same spirit. Okay? So, these are things that we got to be mindful of. We're getting ready to pray. All right? We're getting ready to pray because I got one minute. Getting ready to pray. This spirit of jealousy, when you look at 1 Samuel 18, verses 8 and 9. Um, when David had his victory, Saul became suspicious and jealous of him. Okay. Jealousy and rejection makes you insecure. All right. And, and you have to be mindful how you pick up material things to try to fill those voids. Okay. And, 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 and so you got to be mindful because I want to get down here. We're going to talk about how this spirit opens the door once you, you know, traverse from jealousy you know because of the spirit of rejection then you start having to deal with people who are always walking in self-pity it's rejection people who are bound by lust why because again i told you that sin is tied to rejection rejection will make you go pick up things to try to fill the void that you have in your life. Rejection will cause you to go out and, and sleep with a man that's not your wife, your husband. Excuse me, Jesus, can't get my words right. Make you sleep with a woman that's not your wife, okay? It'll make you rob and steal. Rejection will cause you, you know what I'm saying? If you don't get it under control, it will have you in one argument after another argument after another argument. Rejection will cause you to sin. You'll be bound by, by lust and perversions and different things of that nature. And I'm going to give you this really quickly. And we're going to get into that. We're going to have to go into another week by the grace of God. But I want to give you a quick list here. All right. On the spirit of rejection. Okay. Because these are these things are what are keeping us from being able to really prosper in the things that God would have us to prosper in. And, and the scripture tells us that I worship of all things that you are prosper and being healthy, even as your soul prospers. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, that the, the, the seat of your affections. And, and, and you know, um, I mean, we can allow, if we allow it, God wants to dwell in the seat of our affections. God wants to dwell even in the realm of our soul, right? How do I know that? Because the scripture tells us, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why do we have to do that? If we take the word of God and let the word of God transform our thinking, then God will be in our thoughts, okay? If we cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, then God will be in our, in our thoughts, in, 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 the, in the soul realm. Okay, the, the scripture says, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, not all oh, my spirit, oh, my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So you, you got to deal with the, the fractures that are in your soul that prevent you from being able to, 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 to be healthy. Um, I wish that some of you who had not had the opportunity to see the, the teaching that we did on soul detox, whoo. Some of us are so toxic in our soul that we have not been able to have healthy relationships with our children, with our spouses, with people on our jobs, you know, um, um, people at church, 
You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about how, how the spirit isolates. It's rejection. And I've been through that. I've been through that. Rejection makes you miserable. It makes you not even want to be able to enjoy life. It binds you up. And so you got to let God get down in the realm of your soul so that he can break up all of that fallow ground so that he can heal you of all the things that you have been feeling so that, so that you'll know that you are loved by an almighty God. All right. So real quickly, one of the things we're going to talk about this uh, next week is self-pity. How, oh, woe is me. Nobody loves me. Nobody wants to be bothered with me, you know. And, and you know, we talked briefly about this anxiety. We talked about bitterness tonight. Excuse me. Um, um, and, and, and I really want to hit on this. For some of us who have children, you can help them break the spirit of of uh, rejection off of them, okay? You, you have children who are shy and bashful. That is the spirit of rejection. And parents, it's your responsibility for them to feel whole. You have to pour that into them. You have to pour security into them. You have to help them to be secure in who God has created them to be. It's not just the church's job to, to help them understand their identity in Christ. It is your responsibility as a parent. So sometimes our children grow up and they are fractured, you know, because, you know, in their soul, because, and they're shy, they don't want to talk, you know, they can't make eye contact, they're afraid to get out there and step out. What are you doing to pour confidence into your children? What things have you experienced in life that have caused you to reject your children, you know, um, or despise your children because of the rejection that you have felt? And, and those are things that we really brought out on tonight. And I really want you to really do some soul searching about what trauma or, or, or things, you know, rejections or whatever it is that, you know, you may have experienced in this life that have hindered your relationships and have caused you to be stubborn, that have caused you, um, um, you know what I'm saying, to, to operate in rebellion and have caused you to, you know, reject truth or walk in denial, you know, um, or, or shut the door to other relationships and cause you to isolate yourself. Look down deep and really, you know, because sometimes we want things to just be spiritual, but everything is not spiritual. This is a natural thing. This is something that has happened down in the realm of your soul. And you have to first acknowledge it for God to heal it. And, 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 you know, I know that this is on video and on audio. However, God is not bound by our distance, our location, or whether or not we can touch each other, whether or not, you know what I'm saying? I can reach you. If you let these words and the words that we are speaking on tonight, the, the, you know, the things that I'm sharing tonight, if you let these words touch you, if you let these words heal you tonight, if you start looking down deep and begin to renounce these things um, and heal and forgive those who have wounded you, those who have marred you, those who have rejected you, those who have turned their back on you, then I'm telling you, you can walk free from the spirit of rejection. You can walk free from rebellion. You can walk free from control and self-pity and selfishness and, and, and anger and paranoia and fear of failure and the spirit of lust. All of those things that come to try to manifest to keep you bound. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. This is the will of God for you. It is not the will of God that you be bound by the spirit of rejection. It is not God's will that you be anxious, that you be paranoid, that you think that everybody is your enemy, that everything is witchcraft. And listen to me. 
God has given us power over all the power of the enemy and, and even rejection has to bow. The scripture says every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is the Lord. And guess what? Rejection has to bow to the name of Jesus. So let's pray. Let's pray tonight. Amen. And I'm praying tonight for you. Amen. And, 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 and if you have any specific prayer requests, I'm going to ask you, um, you know, you can either leave it here in the thread or you can inbox me because I really want to see God's people free. Those of you who are listening by way of, of um, Spreaker and you're on iHeartRadio, you can email us at Sodan Media, S-O-D-A-A-N-M-E-D-I-A. Uh, uh, at gmail.com, Sodan Media, S O D A A N M E D I A, at gmail.com. Send us your prayer requests. And, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to continue to pray because I know that God wants us to walk in liberty. He wants us to be free. He said, he that the son has set free is free indeed. And this is the will of God that we will be able to walk in freedom. So tonight, Father, I pray in Jesus' name for every person watching, for every person listening, for every person that's going to listen and that is going to watch. We pray tonight, God, in Jesus' name for restoration. We speak to, to their soul realm, God, to, to the seat of their emotions, to the seat, oh God, of their will, to the seat of where their mind, oh God, is in the name of Jesus. And we speak healing right now, God, all in the realm of their soul. We declare deliverance. We declare healing. We declare hope. Oh God, we declare that they will walk in forgiveness. We declare that they will walk, oh God, and have the mind of Christ in the name of Jesus. We cancel every assignment of the enemy. We rebuke every spirit of paranoia. We rebuke every spirit of selfishness, every manifestation, every spirit of, of stubbornness and rebellion. We curse it at the root. And tonight, God, we renounce the spirit of rebellion and everything that is connected, oh God, to the spirit of rejection tonight. God, we yield ourselves to you and we stand tonight and we say even as your word declares that if we forgive those who have sinned against us that you would forgive us and that if we would not forgive you would not forgive us and so tonight God we stand and we say we forgive those who have sinned against us we relinquish God every bondage every spirit of bitterness every wrong that has been done to us whatever trauma that has been oh God put upon us because of things that we have experienced in this life we thank you tonight for your mercy for your long suffering for your goodness in the name of Jesus and we declare that we are free from this spirit tonight in the name of Jesus from the crown of our head to the very soles of our feet down all in our members in our body we declare that we are free tonight God in the name of Jesus we cancel every assignment of the enemy and the spirit of rejection shall not overtake our children the spirit of rejection shall not overtake us in our relationships the spirit of rejection shall not cause us oh God to make those who are friends to become our enemies we declare and decree that those that you have set in our life to be friends and those that you have set in our life to be a part of our life that we would not repel them that we oh God would not push them away because of the spirit of rejection we curse the works of the enemy right now we release the love of God in Jesus name and we thank you tonight that he that the son has set free is free indeed you have made us free and we declare we shall walk in our liberty in the name of Jesus we thank you God that we are free from 
from unforgiveness. We are free from bitterness. We are free from control and intimidation. We are free, oh God, in the name of Jesus, from jealousy. We are free from rejection. We are free from rebellion tonight in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, oh God, for every testimony tonight in Jesus' name. Those who have been touched by this word, that you are breaking up the fallow ground and setting them free. We thank you that there's no distance in prayer and that we can ask whatsoever we will and that you would do it according to your will. And we thank you tonight because it is your will that we would be healed, that we would be set free, that we would be walking in the liberty that Christ has made us free in. And so we thank you for it tonight and we bless your name and we magnify you in Jesus name. Amen and amen. We thank God for you. If you prayed tonight with us and you received this word tonight, um, do inbox me. Send me inbox or send a message here in the thread. Those of you that are listening by our heart radio, we thank God for you who listen. Amen. Um, wherever you are located, we thank God for you. And 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 listen, send us an email, Sodan Media, S-O-D-A-A-N-M-E-D-I-A at gmail.com and let you know, just let us know what God has done for you through the word tonight. We are going to continue our teaching on next week by God's grace about the spirit of rejection, breaking free of the spirit of rejection. Next week, we're going to, we're going to unpack all of this stuff about the, the spirit of self-pity and lust. Those are the last two of those deadly fruit of the spirit of rejection. And so um, we'll probably deal with some more with the evil twin of rejection, which is rebellion. So we'll deal some more with that. We thank God for you all sticking in here and listening on tonight. Amen. And I pray that you have received and that the Lord has ministered to you and strengthened you again. Don't forget the flash sale. We are doing the flash sale. This is the last um, thing I'm going to say tonight and then we're going to get off of here. Um, this is the remix of Girl Get a Grip. If you have Girl Get a Grip, a woman's guide to thriving in, in the midst of adversity. If you have this, then, you know, this is just for life. But this is for business and ministry. Fresh off the presses, released October 2nd of this year. Okay, Girl Get a Grip, a woman's guide to mogling in business and thriving in ministry. This is your coach in your pocket. This is going to help you to be able to get your business going. Get the keys that you need in order to flow in your business. You know, be strengthened in your business. This is, this is me being a business coach to you and a ministry coach to you. There are business coaching and ministry coaching sections here in the book, as well as a good old workbook for you to do some coaching exercises, as well as a CD that comes with this at the back, okay? And and this is an hour and a half of, of my voice talking to you, all right, giving you relationship um, advice and coaching exercises, mastering your your relationships. That's what the, the uh, CD is in the back. And this is the flash sale, $15. Look at the pin post. That is our website. You can click on the pin post there. Um, those of you who are listening by iHeartRadio, it is Sodan Media, S-O-D-A-A-N-M-E-D-I-A.com. You can go to SodanMedia.com and order it. Use the sale code uh, FLASH. 10 F L A S H all caps and the number 10. All right. When you go to the e-store and you will be able to get the book for $15. This is a $25 value, $15. Okay. Uh, for the month of October only flash sale, go get your copy. $15. You will not be sorry. So you have relationship coaching here. You have ministry coaching 
um, in the rear and in the front, you have business coaching. Okay. And that is going to be a blessing to you. Plus you have the workbook sections in here and that's going to encourage your life. I'm telling you, you're not going to put this down. This is going to be a very good resource for you for ministry and for business. We deal with the woman question. Um, just a little bit tapping into that and encouraging women and showing them what the scripture says about them functioning in ministry. So let me be your coach in your pocket. Go ahead and go to the website and order your copy of Girl Get a Grip, A Woman's Guide to Mogling in Business and Thriving in Ministry. You will not be sorry. Use the sale code FLASH10, F-L-A-S-H, and the number 10, all caps, and go order it um, in our e-store. The link is attached. It's pinned to this post. So be blessed. Be encouraged. Meet us again next week. All right. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're going to continue and close out our study on getting the victory over the spirit of rejection. Be blessed. Thank God for you. And, and we just honor the Lord for you all tonight. And don't forget, put your prayer requests and your testimonies. Send them to us. All right? Send them to us because we want to hear from you. All right? God bless you. We appreciate the Lord for you. Have a blessed night. And we'll meet again on Tuesday by God's grace. See you later. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King. Rule the day.